Okay. Good evening, everybody. We are back with Q&A, and I still trust God will give us the answers. Not that the answers that satisfy you, but the answers that are true to His heart. Amen. But uh, before we get into that, there's one more request I need to make: that no, all of you who listen regularly, who are interested. Um, Please subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss when we go live. Like uh, if you have the YouTube app on your system or your phone, you can go to that where you're watching and subscribe to our channel. And if your uh, in your email is linked to a YouTube account, you will get immediately a notification, both on the YouTube and on your email that we are live. Otherwise, what happens is suddenly you will realize, and by the time and the worship may be over and you know it's always good to come to any any service any ministry through the worship because worship actually prepares us to receive from God because that's the absolutely right attitude in approaching a king you just don't barge into a king's presence you come through worship and your heart is prepared to to hear from him. Sammy, is there some vibration of the sound or is it okay? It's okay. Okay, Pastor Vijay, before we go to the question answer session, would you lead us in prayer and then we will tackle today's questions. Father, we just want to thank you once again this evening, Father, for you for this opportunity that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, so Lord, that we constantly enjoyed your provision, your protection. Lord, we constantly enjoyed even through all these days, O oh Lord, of the pandemic, that you kept us safe. We want to thank you. We want to praise you. And Lord, we want to thank you, Father, once again this evening that for this time of uh, Q&A, O oh Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And yes, Lord, as we have been already exhorted, Lord, you are the answer to every of our question, Lord. For you said to Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward and I pray Father that even as we go through these questions I pray Lord that you just not enable us to answer the question but your spirit will be able to Father take the question and answer the questioner as well Lord we want to thank you Father for this time grant us wisdom Lord we grant us uh, Father your anointing O oh Lord keep us from error and I pray Lord Jesus Lord through everything that we do your name and your name will alone will be glorified. We want to thank you. We want to praise you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. So, Pastor, so since we are uh, in our prayer and praise worship services that we are uh, started, mm -hmm. I think we should, it's, it's appropriate that we start with question number seven. Yes. It says, um, all can pray. Some are prayers. <laughs> some, some of our prayers are childlike prayers. But then the Bible says, put away childish, childlike things. When do you do that? Some people never grow. Some people still pray like 10-year-olds. Ten ten years Why does that happen? Why don't we grow in our prayer life when we are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? We still pray like a child. We still talk like a kid. How come? What is wrong with us? <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's Very a long <laughs> question. I'm not sure where this. I think this came from Australia. Um, by the way, it's good to have uh, to pray like a child and not be childish. <laughs> to pray like a child used to mean to have the childlike faith, absolute trust in God always. But the basic issue 
that we have is connected with why do people struggle and uh, all of us struggle, have struggled. Uh, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. I would say the answer kind of lies over there. Yes, Sammy, do we have it? No? Okay. Let me read it for you, the most famous verses, very famous verses, scary verses, mm. but true verses. I'll read the NIV version. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small, KJ will use the term straight, straight. narrow is the gate. gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find, find it. Okay, so it's it's already there where Jesus makes it very clear that the road to life is very very difficult, and this is talking about eternal life. You see, we also know in our practical worldly life, anything that is important, anything that is great, mm. if it has to be achieved, it demands a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work and a lot of, I mean, to prioritize a lot of things in your life. And one of the reasons people actually do not grow because is, the is because of how they take the gospel. Like we've been looking at the past couple of meetings, we've been looking at tomorrow again we will look. When Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he actually meant it 100 percent. Mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the problem is we do not seek the kingdom that way. And the kingdom ideas that way. The kingdom is an entire set of thoughts of how God's kingdom functions, how God thinks. And if we don't put it that way, then our priorities are different then our word life will suffer, our prayer life will suffer, our spiritual life, which is our real life. What we are going to take from here into eternity is the spirit man. Mm. What we have become in the kingdom, how our thought process and therefore our words and our actions have been transformed by that according to, let's put it in human terms, the ideology of the kingdom. And the problem is people grow in the world, mm. but they don't grow in the kingdom. It's a choice. It's a choice we make every day. Every day. Romans 12, 1 and 2 will very clearly say, uh, is there a problem? Are we offline? No, we are. Okay, that surrender your bodies as, as a, a living, living sacrifice. sacrifice. Don't conform to the world. And the problem is people in the kingdom are conformed to the world. So you can be 10 years, 30 years in the kingdom, 20 years in the kingdom. But they really are, uh, it's like, you know, like this usual joke we have with some couples when they are celebrating their wedding anniversary. Which anniversary? Their silver jubilee. 25 years of married life, but actually it is just one year of married life, 25 times, times. over. <laughs> they never grew in their marriage, Absolutely. they never grew close in their marriage. Their anniversary is just a day. After 25 years, if you ask them, do you really know each other? Have you really become one person? Mm. Do you really communicate that way? And you will realize that, no, it's just an anniversary. Mm. So they've been married for 25 years, but in reality, it is just the first year over and over again. Issues were never resolved. 
you know and they never learn to communicate and grow together and so many Christians are like that how many years have you been a believer 30 years but it's actually one year 30 times over they never grew they're just childless in the kingdom and like Galatians 4 yeah can we have Galatians 4 1 and 2 the Bible talks about it and many children are now I say that the heir as long as he's a child does not differ at all from a slave though he's a master of all and is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father mm. the child is the heir mm. but it's no different from the servant mm. what is this what is a child a child is not led by the Spirit of God a child is led by his own passions and that's why we have we'll never leave a child unsupervised mm. the father is there the mother is there or a trustworthy maid is there because you know this child can never be left on your own and the same thing is with the child in the kingdom of god god doesn't trust you with any responsibility in the kingdom your prayers are still the same prayers give me give me give me my name is Jimmy and your word life is still the same. You regularly do your devotions but the word never speaks to you and God is not able to communicate to you because you haven't grown. So it's a persistent effort you make every day. Mm. You say, Lord, not my will but thy will be done. Thy kingdom come and you surrender your life. And I think it's in the book of Acts chapter 14 and verse 22. Acts 14 and verse 22. Paul, when he's going, it's not coming on this screen, by the way, okay, it's only coming there. He, Paul, went around strengthening the souls of the disciples. If it doesn't come on the screen, can our people see? Or yeah, they will yeah, not they can yeah. see. They can okay. See. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the, yeah, now both are gone. Continue in the okay. faith, yeah, it's back, and saying, we must through many, many tribulations enter the kingdom. Don't give up, don't mm. give up, don't give up, don't give up. Keep on encouraging, continue in the faith, because it is through many tribulations that we enter in. There is really, really hardship. Any man who through righteous means has reached the pinnacle of his career or anywhere, you know the kind of struggles they had to go through and the kind of hardship that has to go through. The kingdom of God is not a cakewalk. Mm. If the world will demand that much from you, the kingdom demand more than that. It demands your everything. Mm. It demands your everything. And God will give. And the, the difference is this. If you go to Revelation uh, chapter 21 and verse 7, the difference is this. This is how eternity, he who overcomes mm. shall inherit all things and I, I will be his God and he shall be my the price is this awesome. he says it's an incredible mm. battle but mm. the price is eternal mm. you will inherit all things remember the heir though he's the heir of all things inherits nothing but the overcomer shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my Son. I think that answers kind of yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, if, if, if everybody has been called to pray and mm -hmm. that is one thing with people struggle, what is that one thing that you think that we should actually inculcate in as a practice mm -hmm. so that we can effectively improve or become better in our prayer life? What is that one thing that you think? That one thing, like I had one of the very senior pastors from another uh, state writing me today, like it was in Nepali yesterday's message. He said, 
it gave, it com- gave a completely different perspective yesterday's message. So it was very cute. We had a Nepali message yesterday and I get in the day two messages. One is from a pastor, senior pastor, and then another picture from mm. an older sister. I have never known her. She will never probably ever meet me. But sitting in a little house up in the hills with this phone and with a Bible and notebook and uh, uh, sitting and taking down notes or to this thing. And one of the things he said, and I know yesterday's message, if you look at it, if you don't understand Nepali, our prayer life, if you really has to change, has to be kingdom centric. Everybody prays except the atheists. Everybody prays. But everybody's prayer, most people, even Christendom, prayer is self-centric. It's me, my needs, my family. It's self-centric. Mm. But real prayer is kingdom-centric. And mm. Jesus in that prayer teaches, this is how you need to pray. Yes. My Father who art in heaven, our Father. His name, it's not my name, His reputation. I'm the guardian of His reputation mm. because when I was baptized, I was given His name. Your name, Lord. Your kingdom. Your will. When our prayer life actually, these three things, if you are constant, Lord's prayer itself, if we pray from our heart and mean it, okay. it will change our prayer yeah, life. Absolutely. Everybody prays, but if you look at it, all our needs are fine, okay? Mm-hmm. All the prayer requests you send are also fine. And God says, ask, you will receive. We pray for healing, we pray for everything. But my question to you is this. You have a sickness in your body. And when you pray for healing, what are you going to do with your healing? Hmm. What are you going to do with your healing? Like two weeks back, it's not a question of this thing, two weeks back, I had my surgery. I came back home on Friday. On Saturday, pastor and his wife came to visit me and they said, how are you? I said, I'm preaching tomorrow. I know he has healed me compared to the fact that I had a surgery. I shouldn't be sitting up. But I'm sitting up and I'm working when they came into my study in my house. I was sitting and working and they said, why are you working? They said, I'm preaching tomorrow. Because what is that healing for? Mm. If it is not to be given back to him. Amen. Amen. People all ask a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. You know, they want healing. They want money. They want job. They want success. They want a family. They want children. But the question is, for what? Are you going to spend it on yourself? Yeah, James or you say that yeah. because you spend it up on, on your asking, you don't receive. Yeah, he said, let's go there. James Can chapter we see four. James chapter four, four verses one to four. Okay. Can I have NIV because NIV sometimes make it simpler for our new believers? The Bible is coming apart. Chapter four, verse three. James, okay, look at that. Okay, maybe we can start from verse one itself. Okay, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. <laughs> you kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You co- quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Mm. But the problem is when you ask, look at that, verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. pleasures. Mm-hmm. Let me honestly ask this question. God is so kind and merciful, but look in human history. How many people who have received their miracles, let's say the simple one, the most sought after one, a physical healing, really came back and used that for God? That's what Jesus is talking about, the ten lepers. He said, where where are the nine? Hmm. Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Like even today, let's take about today. We have a Q&A and you are logging in and you know it starts at 6.30 and you know by 6.50 the questions will start. My question too is that, 
how many of you logged in only at 650 knowing that the Q&A only will become at 650 and that 630 to 650 we were giving ourselves unto the Lord in worship and it was not important to you all you wanted was an answer to your question mm. now you understand where we mm. really really struggle that is why worship is put there right in the beginning and that Jesus came himself over in prayer and worship to his father early in the morning and the father answered all his prayers but he was very, very clear, I have not come to do my will, but Father, yours will. So the Father gave the kingdom into his hands. Mm. And our major issue with prayer is not that people do not pray. A major issue with prayer is our prayer is self-centric and not, not kingdom-centric. And if we make it kingdom-centric, then the, see, look at the, the, the way the thought process goes and immediately force forces you adulterous people. Don't you know, meaning most of our prayers are connected with the world and we are kind of deceiving God, which you know God cannot be deceived, but <laughs> manipulating God to get our prayers answered so that we can take it and run to the world. Run to the world. You know, and then Verse 4 is there. Yes, Pastor Vijay. It's, I was actually listening in the morning. It says, I was one man of God says, Blessed is a man who's used by God. And uh, that's what um, D.L. Moody had said. Blessed is a man who's used by God. And then he said, When I read that particular stand, uh, verse, or rather this uh, quote, I wrote it in, a, in my tagline. It said, Blessed is a man who's used by God. And blessed is a man who's, who, I mean, he's not blessed is a man who does not use God. I mean, he's like, <laughs> you don't use God. You, yeah, you, don't, you yes. allow God Nobody to uses use God. God. You we may never think do that. Nobody because does. that's essentially yes. By the way, this year we lost three great men. We lost Rivizak, we lost uh, Reverend Paulson, and today G.A. Packer. And most Christians do not know G.A. Packer because G, right? J.I. Packer because he's beyond our pay grade. I know 30 years ago I bought his book Knowing God. God. No it's still God. there and I still try to, I mean, awesome. it doesn't digest. Awesome. Okay, but he's one of those great men of the, he was 94, he passed away today. So one more great man has been called home during this season, uh, Ravi, and all went through this pandemic. These Those incredible trailblazers of our generation are going and we need to get our act in order. Yes, Pastor Vijay, another question. So, Pastor Dre, uh, uh, there's one person who has several questions. Uh, okay. We'll just uh, want to tackle a few. Yes, uh, go ahead. Uh, we'll read from verse question number nine. C.S. Lewis wrote Screwtape Letters. In the book, he talks about how to train the apprentice demon, how best to assure the damnation of an ordinary young man. So, what essentially is the is the is the no, scrutinary letters is a, I mean, I can't answer for C.S. Lewis. That book it explains by itself how we, I mean, tomorrow we'll hear more about, not from screwed up letters, but about how the demonic realm actually works and how we, that's why when Jesus was asked this question, uh, when he looked at the temple and they were looking at the temple and says, wow, wow, 46 years, and Jesus says, not a stone will be left. And when they asked him these questions about the signs of the last days, we are very worried about the pandemic, very worried about the pandemic. We know it's a sign of the last days. But he didn't say worry about any of these things first. And three times he repeats in that discourse, Oliver discourse is beware of deception. Hmm. And one of the things, because the enemy's most powerful weapon, which he has successfully used from Genesis chapter 3, 
all the way till Revelation 20, meaning 6,000 years of human history, his most powerful weapon has been deception. And basically, that's what Screwtape Letters is about, a dialogue between a senior demon and a smaller letter, <laughs> how to deceive Christians. <laughs> how to deceive, not mankind, but Christians. How Christians can be absolute, all of us are vulnerable to deception. Absolutely. And the only guard to deception is truth. Mm. Is truth. It's not finding out. Twenty, if I write a book, twenty ways the devil deceives you, people will buy it. <laughs> but if I write a book, know the truth and live by it, nobody will be interested. <laughs> no. But the defense to deception is not studying deception. The defense to deception <laughs> is studying the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth, truth shall yes. set you free. Uh, and one right. of the fundamental things about knowing truth or want to know the truth and growing in the truth is to decide in your heart, truth is absolute. Amen. Absolute. Hallelujah. It does not change because truth is directly connected with the person of God. And God does not change and therefore truth does not change. The culture around us is constantly changing and we are assaulted by that and we associate truth with culture and as the culture change we make adjustments with the culture <laughs> because we think truth changes and we will realize truth never change. changes. And then we struggle and again Friendship with the world is <laughs> hatred towards. How do we become friendly with the world? Because we get friendly with the culture, Absolutely. you know. And so we are we are big on culture. We want to be savvy with culture, and to be told has like up on like in the on your money with culture. But God's people never wear, never wear. And God often has used what we say in literary term culture shocks to Jewish people hmm. to get their attention. Absolute on the culture shock mm. on the Baptist mm. coming, not dressed like any of the regular religious people. Mm. It's a culture shock. Mm. So this is what Screwtape Letters is about. And the key is the devil's most powerful and most successful weapon he has always employed has been deception. And deception is first causes you to question the truth of what God has said. Did God say, mm. so nice, soft culture, he will wear a pinstripe suit with a, um, with a tie and all. He doesn't come like any, he comes nicely, very beautifully, soothingly from the pulpit. Very nice, like Joy Austin, very nice, <laughs> smooth. You can cut butter, no? <laughs> so nice it is, smoothly. But you do not, if you do not know your word, word, they will say, this is my favorite pastor. And you will have those emojis, heart after heart going forth. You know, I love him so much. He speaks to me. He's not speaking to you. The devil is speaking to you. Mm. They're such smooth talkers. But you look into the core of their messages, you will see at the core. And they will use the Bible too. But the core of the message is this. They replace Christ with self. There is no denial of self in their messages. And ultimately, they pave the way for the Antichrist. Because when the Antichrist comes, the self has been enthroned. It has taken away the place mm. of God in your life. And that's what has happened all around the world. Oops. Oh, and the danger is to the church. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So, so the, the, the next three questions are about sanctified life. 
you can we can possibly look the, look at them together uh, paul talks about uh, hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 where he says uh, by one sacrifice he has sanctified forever okay which question and this is this? Uh, 10 11 and 12 together okay 10 11 and 12, 12 together you can look mm-hmm. at it paul says in hebrews 10 10 mm-hmm. you can read uh, hebrews 10 10 says and mm-hmm. by that uh, and by that will we have been made holy or been sanctified through the san- sacrifice of the body of jesus christ once for all once for all yeah. and uh, what does it mean by being sanctified by his will if there is rapture what rewards do sanctified saints receive after their rapture many bible te- teachers assert that a holy sanctified life is impossible what does the bible say about it okay first thing verse 10 is talking about is it is god's will it's absolutely god's will that everyone should be sanctified mm. let me make it very clear no unsanctified saint will enter into heaven amen okay that does not mean everybody who enters into heaven has reached the full maturity of christ mm. even the child who enters into heaven the child saint is a sanctified saint but only will be the maturity of a child mm. okay like think about the simple examples we give you think about a home with let's say five children and the eldest is 21 like we use that illustration in prayer 25 let's say the youngest is 5 the five comes you don't expect the sanctity of the 25 with the five year old mm. but the five year old can be also innocent pure loving kind as a five year mm. a lot of people will enter once you enter in this is my perception once you enter in for your rewards you are set in by the stage you enter okay so everybody who is saved is saved by the work of jesus christ you put and you are saved and then like if you ask this question did the thief on one side enter into paradise no. yes did he get any rewards no when he entered in is he entering in sanctified yes what is his sanctification the level of a baby in christ no. that's all <laughs> all the other things are lost you don't carry anything that is not of god into heaven you will only carry what is of god in your soul into heaven the rest is gone it is erased it is erased everything is erased so you will come pure holy as a baby as a baby into Christ so that is his will everybody should be sanctified and everybody who enters will be sanctified because the very holiness of god demands it. nothing unsanctified nothing unholy will enter into that his city yep. into his presence so that's why let the dogs be outside nothing everything unclean will be no, nothing will enter there then once you are saved and by his will you understand his will is to be sanctified and then uh, you have the the this is the will of god your sanctification. sanctification it talks about the sanctification of the body it talks about the sanctification of the mind so it talks about so that is what we are growing in we have to constantly pursue it because we realize this is the will of god for me this is the will of god that is a mature kid who understands this is what the more sanctified i am the more i will experience god mm. it's as simple as that and many children in the home also is not interested because the world have caught their eyes but they, like uh, joseph loved his father therefore the f- i believe jacob had all the sons and jacob loved his sons but one son loved the father 
that's the difference well jacob loved the sons but one son loved, loved the father, the father. and <laughs> because of, you see you always tend to spend time with the one you love mm. and therefore i believe joseph spent time with his father and mm. therefore the father was to pour out his experiences with this holy god to joseph and joseph is framed by it mm. okay framed by it mm. and he carries that with him see the bible doesn't say all things work together but everybody god loves no, no, doesn't no. say that it says all things work together no, for no. those who love, love god, god. everybody is called according to his purpose but mm. everybody doesn't love god mm. and this is this are that's why god says love god with all your heart all your might with all your strength scripture says in proverbs 24 if i'm right i mean doesn't have to go there a righteous man falls seven times but he will come out of it all why and david came out of all his failings why because deep in his core he loved god and therefore god could speak to mm. him and the truth is this the real truth is this in christendom for many many people salvation is an insurance ticket it's a fire insurance mm. salvation means only this that when i die i don't want to go to hell heaven. very hell, hell, yes. hell very they're not even thinking about heaven they're thinking about hell mm. because if you think about heaven your your thought process will change thought process will change but when you're thinking about hell it's a different thing i just want to escape hell but the world is good enough for me if you think about heaven if your thoughts are on heaven the world is never good enough for you hmm. this is a different perspective if you think about hell oh when i die i don't want to hell but the world is very nice hmm. but if you think about heaven the world is absolutely absolutely hmm. filthy hmm. i just want to go no and that's the bible talking about keep your thing mind on things that are above mm. a lot of people that mind are not in above and their mind is on things below the earth on hell oh my mm. gosh when i die i don't want to go there and the things are on things on earth so the sanctification work will never work because sanctification is preparing for heaven if your mind is on heaven and your mind is on the person that permeates heaven yes. that is christ then you will always fight this battle with this flesh you know what i want to know him i want to know him i want to know him so what are the things that blocks me from knowing god and you realize my god is holy you know god cannot uh, cleanse somebody who is not interested in holiness mm. isaiah's lips could be could could be cleansed because he looks at god's holiness he sees it and he accepts his unholiness and god cleanses him mm. and god uses him till his death mm. so these are things that are fundamental absolutely fundamental and then when people ask this question mm. a lot of preachers mm -hmm, uh, exactly. my <laughs> many bible teachers assert a holy sanctified life is impossible what does the bible have to say about it let me tell you bible has two things to i mean what it says about it first uh, Thessalonians 5:23 and 24 and then Hebrews 7:25 so spirit soul and body <laughs> may god himself the god of peace sanctify you through and through <laughs> hallelujah which means completely <laughs> hallelujah totally may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will, he will do, do it, it. Okay, he will. It's absolutely clear. Meaning, you can be sanctified absolutely, whole spirit, soul, and body, be and be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ or your death. And the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. But he will never see. It is not that once you are saved, God has taken your free will away. 
Your free will is always there and functional. And with your free will, there is something which we have to choose. That's Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he is able to save completely. Now, again, the same concept is there. Save completely from what? From sin. Mm. What, is, what is he saving me completely from? From the influence of sin. He will sanctify me. If you want to rewrite that sentence using like we do in, uh, in uh, language classes, rewrite that sentence using the word sanctification. Therefore, he is able to sanctify completely those who come to him. So, I have to go to him. Mm. I have to go to God through him. He will do it if I go to him. Mm. He will not do it if I don't go to him. Mm. Because free will is still operating. Every day I have that choice to go to him or not go. He, didn't he doesn't take it away. But that's the nature of love. We have taught this before. The nature of love is love operates only in a free environment. Mm -hmm. The minute you take that freedom away, love becomes something else. Its nature changes. God loved us freely. We didn't do one thing to cause him to love us. He is love and he out of his free will loved us and gave his only son. In that same free will which God has given us, he wants us to love him back. Mm. Not coercion. Coercion. That's the thing. So God says, if you come to me, I will sanctify you through and through. So when Bible teachers are teaching this, they're talking about their own weaknesses, mm. which is true. But that's not the truth of God's word. The truth of God's word is he can do it. And you have to look into God's word and say, Lord, because you said it, that you are able to save me completely, I'm going to come back to you. Every, doesn't matter how many times I fall, you said seven times 70, I will receive mercy. I'm going to drag myself back to you and I am going to stay in this race. And I believe people like Paul and all are completely sanctified, Amen. absolutely sanctified, where they are able. Because what is the end of your sanctification is the crown of righteousness. Mm. And he says, I, he doesn't see, I see myself as a righteous person. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> he says, I see my crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. No, and that, uh, that's uh, one of the questions for over something. there, no? Yeah, in well, that what kind of crowns will... If there is rapture, what rewards do the sanctified saints yes, receive things. after the rapture? You go through these seven letters to the church, churches in the book of Revelation. To each of the churches, there is something that is promised. It's not the same thing that is promised, and one can get all seven. Hmm. And 21.8, we say he who um, um, overcomes, inherits all. all things. And God is not partial. I like the one with the most faltu church, that is Laodicea, church in Laodicea, the most, uh, let us say, useless church, even to them in 321, mm. if I am right. Yes, no? that's right. 321. Sits in my throne. Hmm. To him who, oh, even to that church, God says, repent. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Even to that church, the promise is given. Hallelujah. So if you want to know the rewards, God is, see, post-faith life, let's go to Second uh, Timothy 4, 7. Second Timothy 4, 7. Once you are saved, this is how you have to see your life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. You have to see your life as a race. Mm. A lot of people have not even entered the race. But life is... They have been entered into that race, but they do not know they are in the race. Amen. Yes, yes. Because it is spiritual. Mm. Okay? They are in the race, but they don't know they are in the race. Mm -hmm. They don't know they are in the race, but they are in the race. So ultimately what will happen, they will all be disqualified. 
okay they will have they may make it like scripture says you'll come through the flames hmm. but you will lose all your rewards but one thing you need to understand is that once you are saved you have entered into a race and everybody who enters into a race does not get the reward and the rewards are also nobody nobody like if you have like this year of course none of that thing will be there but let us imagine hyderabad 2020 that is the marathon you have a marathon and there are rewards from uh, promised the first prize winner gets 1 lakh or 2 lakhs okay 200000 or something is promised nobody runs a race for which nothing is promised Amen. <laughs> No, all these things start in the world because God is the one who started it. Mm. So we are in a race that is eternal. The rewards are. Let's look at Corinthians nine, nine right? First, first Corinthians nine. First Corinthians nine, and how last Paul puts verses. it. Last three verses. No, First Corinthians chapter nine. Again, no, chapter nine. Yes, Twenty-four onwards. Yeah. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They mm. do it to get it. Yeah. Do you not know that in a race, see, again he brought the race over there, this faith life is a race. All runners rise, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. In the kingdom it's not one. Mm -hmm. Everybody can get. Okay. Right. In the world it's only one. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last for. There's mm. so many kinds of crowns. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Look at these two things and then look at his final statement in Second Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight. He, why? Because he made the decision very early in life. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. Uh, I, he did not. He says, yeah, I have fought the good fight. Mm. Therefore, he says, I did not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. He says, no, I beat my body. Not that he's beating his body, but the flesh. And I make my body my slave. slave. I am not a slave to my body. My body is my slave. So that after I have preached, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Mm. So you are in this race. Mm. You have to finish that race successfully. And all the rewards in the Bible. Let's look at one more words. That is Hebrews uh, 12, one. 1 and 2. Or 1. 1 and 2. Again, you will see that word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who finished their race, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Three places the Bible talks about the believer's life as a race. And it says, keep your eyes on the finisher, the one who finished first. Let your like you know, I don't know what is the 100 meters record now. 9.58. Who has that record? Usain Bolt. Ah, Usain Bolt. Mm -hmm. So everybody who will run in the next races, whenever it starts, everybody who runs, his eyes on Usain Bolt. Mm. It's not on Carl Lewis. Mm, <laughs> All that is over because somebody has broken it. 9.58. Every runner who writes his eyes are on Usain Bolt to break his record. Now we will never break Jesus' record. Because that was 100 person, <laughs> life, death, resurrection, everything 100 person. But he says, keep your eye on him. He is the author. He started you on this race. He is the perfecter of faith. So keep your eyes, model your life after him, allow the Holy Spirit to emperor it, and the rewards are unlimited.
yes pastor also can i make the statement it will it be too bold to say mm. that a person who's really born again into the kingdom of god mm. will definitely be interested in sanctification the reason why i'm saying that depends upon teaching but, 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 but the reason why they i'm are. saying Evan- the problem is evangelists leave people high and dry because evangelists are also interested in their own name and people do get saved in evangelism but after evangelists bring people into the kingdom of god they don't put them into serious bible believing churches mm. they don't do that so you can be saved like it happened to me i came through a youth group and the youth group was a interdenominational youth group and because i came from a catholic background and because they want to be in favor with all denominations they never mention church to you where you need to go because mm. that would be like in worldly terms wouldn't be politically correct. correct exactly because they wanted access into every church operated institution so they never told me so for years i wondered i went to the catholic church and found it dead i went to the jacobite church find it deader and terrible then i went to the csi <laughs> church and i thought it was a little better at least no idols and all if you stained glass windows but words were better then i used to like like really really hungry the funny thing was i was fed in the youth group which was separate from the church but the problem is youth groups don't have shepherds mm, that's the point yes there's no accountability there is not sort of it's not even accountability it's more than stuff. that yep. because the shepherd watches over you ah and big churches it doesn't happen mm. that's my fundamental issue with mega churches mega churches are good to the eye and good for tv it's not good for the sheep sheep need small churches mm. where the shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep knows who their shepherd is if you go to some of the churches in us to know the shepherd you need a telescope <laughs> he has no clue who they are and he they see him as a superstar and most of these mega churches they are mega churches many of them i'll tell you they are primarily setups to sell the pastors books he will say oh i take nothing from the church but how did how much money did you make each week with your cd's and your books you got 30000 people in your church and you write a book a year and sell it for 50 dollars you are making your millions and you say that's my money your money i'm telling you about the business how this mega churches many of them operate and they would have written 100 books 200 books and the congregation all buy it everybody buys it every and they will give them a discount also but that money doesn't go to the church by the way you need to understand that money goes to him it's his money the only person who if i, if I know among mega churches who gave all the money from his book to back into ministry is rick warren, rick warren i'm is. not i'm not lifting him up i don't agree with most of his lot of his stuff but i'm telling you at least he gave all that money back from purpose driven life he gave put it all back but most of them don't do it that's why they live in uh, that's five star millionaire style and if you ask them where did your money come from they'll say we didn't take anything from the church but they used the church to sell their books mm. used the church to sell their books so you have to understand this concepts of how it works when they bring the business model from the world business model from the world that's what happened in the us also one little congress they tweaked one little law somewhere down the line they tweaked if my memory is right 
After that, what has happened is that even though doc, uh, Dr. Uh, Vijay Ethakota is a genuine doctor, not honorary, genuine doctor Ethakota is working in a lab which is funded by government money and everything, but when he discuss something, he takes a private patent on it. Then he makes the money out yes, of it. Yes, 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 true. And they did it. That is why the Dr. Fauci and all selling all these medicines because he will make his millions out of it. And they don't like the medicine that's going from India because it costs only a pittance. And if people get healed by that, they don't make their money. Behind this, all this, it's money that runs. Mm. So tweak the law. Technically speaking, who provides a lab? The government. Mm. Who funds the lab? The government. The government. Mm. Everything is taken by the government. So you discover something, shouldn't it go to the government? No, no it's mine. It's patented. Mm. It's patented to mine. So now it's your patent. You apply for the patent. You sell it to a particular, use it with a particular medical company. This is this huge military pharmaceutical industry spread around and they make their millions. You know? mm. And that is one of the reasons why we don't patent anything on our website. All the transcripts are there. Freely we have received, freely, even when we print our booklets, we give it out free because if I patent it and says I got it, that means it's my own. No, it was received from God. Without God, we will not write a sentence with his worth, it's money. Mm. So we have always only, I don't, I don't I'm, I appreciate people like Zach Punan and all who basic price for the printing costs. No, we've been blessed that whenever we wanted to print something, God moved somebody and they said, we'll take care of the printing costs. Usually one way or other it has happened. So we give it away free. Because that's my principle. Because everything in the kingdom we have received, freely. we received it freely. I'm not saying you shouldn't put a price, but even your royalty should be only a tiny fraction. Because this is not business, this is kingdom. What is the point of saying, I have this divine revelation God gave me and nobody can afford it? Hmm. You want a divine revelation? I will not tell you. It is in my, buy my book. Mm. Buy my book. That's what all, all of them talk about their incredible revelations they received. Mm. But they will not tell it to you. You have to buy their book. And the book, like if you are, a, let us imagine it's an American book and it costs $10. $10 in India is... So you will not get anything for ten dollars, by the way. Okay, nothing for ten. You not even the cover will you get it for ten dollars? Let us say fifty dollars a book. Fifty dollars a book. I mean, I mean, uh, most of the Christians are anyway in the third world, not even in America. Who in the third world can afford a fifty-dollar book with revelations? Nobody can afford it. And then they will also say copyright. You cannot Xerox, you cannot quote more than five lines from this. <laughs> I don't know. Where did you get these principles from? Is this all the kingdom of God? Imagine the world, fair use policy, is it the world? Yeah, imagine Jesus coming and says, copyrighted, you cannot use it. <laughs> no? Remember, that was the spirit when they all started prophesying in the Old Testament, Moses. And one of them came and said, uh, Moses, Moses, they are prophesying, shall we stop them? Somebody outside the camp. Moses said, no, my desire is that everybody prophesies. Hallelujah. Freely we have received, freely we give, as much as you can. No? If you put a price, it should be very, very affordable. Very, And that's one of the reasons we have so many people coming to the Lord in that first years, because we printed that transcript in newsprint. 
we posted, paid our own pay way from here, posted it to every prison address we could find and send it to all the prisons. And when this transcript, especially sin iniquity transgression, reached those maximum security prisons and people started reading, I will tell you one of the reasons I have got letters from prisoners, they said, among all these glossy Christian magazines, there came a little booklet which was in simple newsprint to us from a pastor in India and we thought this looks different and there is no request in that to send an offering. So we read and they got saved. Oh, hallelujah. There was a difference. Hmm. No, until today you will see not a button on our website where you can send an offering. No. I have told Sammy very well, if you somebody asks you, last week also I told you, Sammy, if somebody asks you for the church account number, check with me first, because if it is not somebody from our church, I need to know he is regularly listening to a word, because we do not want an offering from somebody who is not ministered by our word. Galatians 6.6 6 is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Galatians 6.6 6 6 6 6 is there. Mm. But 6.6 6 has to be read in its whole. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. But if I'm not your instructor, I don't want your money. Absolutely. Into the church. I don't want your offering. Please don't send your offering. So we are very, very careful. I have told, I think, Sammy this year itself two or three times. Sammy, because now everything is gone online. People will ask you. And when something is, comes in a church account, I look and some of our our own people have names which I do not know. No, Rasagulla and all. I'm not telling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And I looked at who is your Rasagulla? Not Rasagulla. Something else. But similar sounding. Okay. So I went and checked and found uh, it was one of our own dear ones and said, oh, this is your middle name. Pastor, please don't let anybody know. I said, okay, honey, because I was very cross-checking. Who is this one? And I need who, how did they get the church account number? How did they put the money into it? Because God has said, very, very careful. The most careful thing you need to be on planet Earth is with mammon, because mammon has power of its own. You cannot serve God and mammon. God and mammon. So all these things, you ask one question, we'll go digress, but these are very, very important things, especially pastors who are listening. Please do not receive an offering from people to whom you have not ministered. You have not ministered. And be very sure they are actually receiving it. Anyone who receives instruction in the word may share all good things with his instructor. Yes, should. You are free to. If but we have given you spiritual things, then yeah, we are... Uh, you know, Paul says, if we have given you spiritual, spiritual things, is it wrong that we reap from your material things? No. He says, no. Uh, no. So, that doesn't matter. But be very, very, very careful. Mammon is a killer. Mm. And more people will go into heaven because mammon killed them, or the love of mammon killed them. So, these are things I am very, very wary of, very careful about. And you will always see that because we've been so careful about it, the attack against us is always connected with that. <laughs> they will say he's fake, he's fake, he's using reverse psychology to get money. Because you know our standard announcement every Sunday in the church when you used to gather, first thing is that if you are not a believer, we love you for being with us, but please do not put your money into the bag. Let it pass. The day you receive the Lord, then only you can give your money to the Lord. The Lord doesn't want your money. He wants your heart first. That's our first. Second, if you belong to another church, you have come here for the word, please give your tithes there. If you want to give an offering, yes, even if it not, the word is free. Because pastors fight over tithes. 
third thing we say if you belong here and you have peace with God and peace with man because these are all scriptural then put your money into the bag and you will be blessed and when we started our church 12 years ago Pastor Vijay will know the first three Sunday four Sundays we didn't take an offering all the teaching was how, how to give how to give and how not to, to give, give the money in the kingdom Amen. God said don't take an offering until people have understood that concepts okay so please mammon is very very dangerous we need mammon but mammon should be our slave but most people are slaves of mammon okay so that was a big answer for a small question but it's an important answer pastor mm. because we are talking about sanctification mm. we'll look at question number five and five. and six um there are three baptisms baptism of fire baptism of tongues baptism of the water water right then what is the baptism of the holy spirit is it the same thing if you are saved and not not able to get baptized and we die do we miss out our crown in heaven okay it's not three baptisms there are actually more baptisms if you want to use that term we come to this doctrine in hebrews chapter 6 okay you got that hebrews, hebrews chapter 6 somebody put it back in the nkjv please yeah thank you yeah therefore leaving the this elementary okay words to of the doctrine of baptisms mm -hmm. so there is more than one baptism there's an entire teaching on baptisms one of the first baptisms we understand and we distinguish between i want you to turn with me the book of acts so that you know it's a baptism teaching now i'm telling you all those who are listening you will be better than most pastors in the world if you get it mm -hmm. chapter 19, 19. of oh, hebrews okay uh, and words acts chapter 19 verses 1 onwards it happened when apollos was at corinth that paul having passed through the upper regions came to ephesus finding some disciples he said to them some of you are losing it okay what's happening why is it blinking okay Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed so they said we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit it's going and coming okay Now remember these are disciples they found disciples these are not believers these are disciples gone okay disciples and he said to them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed so they said we have not as much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit verse 3 And he said to them into what then were you baptized Hmm So they said on into John's baptism. So the first baptism mentioned in the new covenant is the baptism of John. John. Paul said John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. That's John's baptism. Mm. Saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him that is on Jesus Christ. In verse 5, when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they received a second baptism. Now they are baptized in the name of the Father the Son or the Holy Spirit or baptized in the name of Jesus and that is another big controversy that rang among these reformists or fundamental groups oh you cannot be baptized in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit because it is written you have to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so those who got baptized in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit they convinced them to get baptized once again in the name of Jesus Christ but the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit on earth has only one name it is Jesus Christ So whether he got baptized in that or this, it is the same. 
So there is a baptism of John, there is a baptism of Jesus Christ. These two are fundamentally different baptisms. Fundamental. You and I don't go through John's baptism. We go through Jesus' baptism. Then after that, if you look at it, you, you, you will see about... Um, the baptism with Jesus is talking about uh, the one who comes after me, right? Uh, chapter 3. Yeah, this is... Uh, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Yeah. Did you get it? Okay. Verses 4 onwards. No, it's just, I'm talking about when Jesus came to baptize. He said, okay, um, uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying, Indeed I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. fire. So he uses two things, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire. The Holy Spirit and fire okay the the fire baptism so there's a question one of the questions there what was that question uh, about it is it the same it's not the same. same it's not the same it can be the same but it is not the same it can be baptized with the holy spirit without asking for the baptism in fire the baptism in fire is that what refines you that is connected with sanctification the baptism of the holy spirit is connected with power you can receive the baptism of the holy spirit with power for ministry without being sanctified mm. That's what Paul is talking about after having preached, having a very successful ministry, I myself could get dis disqualified. So these are two different aspects of the same Holy Spirit. You can receive power and you can receive fire. And about fire is what Malachi is talking about, like the refiner's fire, like the laundered soap. So mm. the baptism of John, the baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is power, and the baptism of fire, which is constantly the sanctifying fire of the Holy Spirit. And this, there is one more. Baptism. Matthew chapter 20. Uh, 20. Verse 22 on, uh, 21 onwards, maybe. Okay. He said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Jesus said, what, what are you asking for? Mm. To sit on the right and the left? You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am mm. baptized with? And they said, we are able. Mm. So now he's talking about another baptism. Mm. This is the baptism of suffering. And it could even include the ultimate, the baptism of martyrdom. Okay, so he says, can you be baptized with that? Why is it jumping up and down from Sorry, the screen? This is, this is constantly jumping. Okay? Constant. You guys are not seeing it. Both, the both are jumping. Okay, yeah. Keeps yeah. jumping. Okay, so look at that. This is the, I would say, John, Jesus, Holy Spirit, fire. This is the fifth one. Okay, this is the fifth one the baptism of incredible suffering. And Paul and all went through that and they received it without any complaints. They received it all, all kinds. There's a, there is a kind of suffering that you go through in sanctification. That's a battle with flesh. We are not talking about that. 
This is the suffering that you take for the name of Jesus Christ because of the ministry he has given you and you willingly take it. These are two different things. When I'm fighting sin in my life, there's a great suffering in the flesh. You have to fast, you have to isolate yourself like COVID-19, all kind of things you do to the flesh, you beat the flesh down into, that's a suffering in the flesh. That has got to do with your personal sanctification. This is not talking about that. This is talking about suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. That is what the Bible says, when that happens, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Great is your reward in hell. So I will look at it, John's, John's baptism, which is no longer there, which was there when Jesus was alive. And the first century, people who did not fully understand, then the baptism of Jesus Christ, baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire, and the baptism of suffering and martyrdom for his name's sake, for the kingdom's sake. So, doctrine of baptism is not three, it's, it's more than that. That's why there is a doctrine about it yes Pastor. so the question also the follow-up question is if we are saved and not able to get baptized and we die do we miss out our crown in heaven uh, i mean if you if you were saved and you were not baptized which is the next automatical step i don't know how you expect a crown <laughs> you are saved but uh, Baptism is, it is almost like, I mean, Hebrews actually, uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 and two. look at the word that is used. Jumping. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles. And everybody who is listening who understands English understands what elementary school is and what high school is. Yes. Right? Yeah. You don't get a certificate for passing 10th grade without going through elementary school. <laughs> elementary school Absolutely. and baptism is put there right there has one of the fundamental teachings at elementary school elementary principles of Christ what is the first thing repentance from works that lead to, to death deaths. or dead works faith towards God second and third is baptism mm. you repent you believe and you're baptized mm. so that is functional fundamental early I believed in the Lord I repented I turned away from that way of thinking and that way of life, turned towards Christ, put my faith in his work alone and his continuing work and I get baptized mm. and then I grow. Um, but a lot of people like yesterday was a very uh, glad day for us because, uh, for me personally, because in the 1990s when I was in Assam, one of the first homes which mm. God opened for me to start a Bible study in an unknown place was the home of a CNI, Church of North India, Northeast India actually, priest. And he opened his house. He actually was praying in another house. And I, I, I mean, after the meeting I was praying, when I opened my eyes, I saw this couple sitting over there and I was introduced. This is the Reverend so-and-so priest and his wife. Then he invited me and said, I heard about you that you teach the world, would you come to my house and start a Bible study? And I said yes. And I taught in his house for I think a couple of years. But the funny part was that his children all got uh, really saved, encouraged, they all got baptized, which mm -hmm. is a very anthema in a <laughs> church which practices sprinkling. <laughs> but all the children got, I mean all of them, except for one I think, all of them got baptized. They are, most of them are like godly, growing in the Lord, all of them. But yesterday, the father the priest and his wife and his grandchild got baptized and he's in his 80s. Hmm. 
he's in his 80s. The children, usually parents get so excited when their children get baptized. Yesterday my mail was all from the children. Hallelujah. So excited because their parents got baptized. Remember, they were in ministry for over 50 years. Hallelujah. And they got baptized yesterday. <laughs> so, in a case like that, I'm, I do not know. I am no one's judge. Rewards are judged by God. I think they will be they will receive their rewards for faithfulness in their ministry. But their struggle with this baptism thing is because of one teaching that has gone into their head in the system that you are already saved, you are already baptized. But they were not. So they understood that and at least so late in life. I've had many cases in our church where we have much older people. Mm. Know, I remember Joba's mother, <coughs> before she went back to US, she said, I'm convicted. And they all come from mainline, traditional Syrian churches, genuine believers who believe, praise everything where she says, I've been convicted, I need to get baptized. And I remember getting a place and baptizing her, I think the next day or so, she went back to US. So baptism is fundamental. So it's between you and God. Why? The, the, the question always is, why did you delay your baptism? Was it because of ignorance? Seasons of ignorance God overlooks. Because you did not know it, but you faithfully served the Lord, grew in the Lord, but a lot of things are still kept from you until you obey the Lord in the waters of baptism. Because baptism is your sign to the world, especially the spiritual sure. world. You, that person, is dead. The person that comes out of it is your own funeral service. <laughs> You are saying, I am dead, I rise up to Christ Jesus, now he lives in me. And from there it begins, actually begins. So that's the way. On the other hand, if you, are, you may miss your rewards if you knew the truth of baptism, but you are more afraid of people and what your denomination would say, your family would say, and because of that, <coughs> then I would say you would lose your rewards because you are more afraid of people than obeying the truth that is let's look at mark chapter 16, 16 and word 16 if i'm 15 and 16 mark 16 so he said to them go into the whole world and preach the gospel, the gospel to every creature he okay he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not will be believe will, will be, be condemned. condemned. Basically, if you have not believed but went through baptism, you are still condemned. Mm -hmm. That's why no child can believe. Mm -hmm. That's why we do not accept infant baptism because the condition first is that he has to hear. Mm -hmm. We have to preach, the person has to hear, the person who has to hear has to be convicted and believe and then gets baptized. That is the order. There is a preaching, there is a hearing, there is a believing and there is a baptism. But a lot of people who came through the main, including me, I was baptized on my eighth day. Mm. And I believed like 20 years later mm. and got baptized another 10 years later, Same eight years, <laughs> all of us, because we struggled with this thing until God convicted us because nobody taught us, nobody told us, everybody was trying to be politically correct within the church. Somebody will come and tell you, did you read the Bible, did you get baptized? No. Have you read the word? No. Then we read the word and we realize the entire teaching of baptism in the book of Acts only those who heard were baptized everywhere. Mm. And then we realized to get baptized you have to hear and mm. you have to know. People will say this and this household, no. Even in the entire household who got baptized, you will see they first heard Not the, the word. word. Yes. So if they were children, they were definitely children who understood it. 
like one of the kids who got is a young kid but she has been asking her parents that mm, pa uh, reverend's granddaughter has been asking her parents i want to get baptized i want to get baptized i want jesus has been telling me get baptized and she got baptized you know the grandfather granddaughter got baptized on the same day hallelujah <laughs> so beautiful so beautiful and one of the children is in us watching live streaming and then takes a picture and sends me from live stream save i'm so excited my parents got baptized you know so at that day i don't know which was more exciting that the child got baptized or the parents got baptized Hallelujah. you know this so so baptism is a huge thing in the kingdom of god it's like a wedding day it's an official entry okay but the thief on the night on the side they will always ask what about him of course he entered into kingdom because he couldn't get baptized but if he hadn't died he had to get baptized jesus himself got baptized yeah <laughs> jesus himself got baptized <laughs> he went through john's baptism but that was not john's baptism it was, was his baptism, baptism for righteousness to be fulfilled he had nothing to repent of Yes, Pastor Vijay. So I we think we are kind of finishing, but we'll go to the last set of questions. So it's all personal questions, Pastor. Okay. So we'll look at from question number one. If we sin and we repent godly sorrow, then we go back again after two or three months. Will we lose our salvation? Okay. And the the first the next four are actually kind of connected because yes. it's connected with sin and forgiveness. Yes. If we have a life partner, we keep talking to him. We broke up physically. We go back to talking junk again. We know it is wrong. we sin willfully that night we die will we end up in hell please brethren when you write to me don't use this american terms like life partner tell me husband or wife <laughs> the bible is very clear about i pronounce you life partner god doesn't say <laughs> we never in all the weddings i have conducted in so many years i have never said at the pulpit i pronounce you life partners no that can have multiple meanings which is nothing to do with scripture okay because i really look at it i think you are not married because the next line says we broke up physically mm. okay you broke up physically husband and wife never breaks up physically <laughs> most couples when i know even when they fight they still continue what do you say the animal instincts take over <laughs> and they continued they continue their fights after that also <laughs> so there is no breaking up physically between a husband and that's what the bible says and do not deny yourself <laughs> even after that for a season for fasting and prayer <laughs> <laughs> so i look at this question i don't think you were uh, married if you're not married then the whole everything was sin okay mm -hmm. uh, we go back to talking junk again we know it is wrong we sin willfully that night we die like you know will we end up in heaven we sin repent godly sorrow go back after 2 3 months we'll lose our salvation okay then the third one i hate my ma sister and brother i treated i was treated horribly i stole money from them i lied three and four are a little different so let's deal with chapter uh, the first two questions i want to give you scripture because this is such a important question so important question to believers it cannot rest on the word of man hmm. first corinthians chapter 6 9 and 10 second will be galatians 5 20 and 21 third will be ephesians 5 5 yeah. Yeah. first corinthians 6 9 and 10 do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators 
no idolaters, idolaters, no adulterers, nor homosexuals. I am very sorry with the homosexuals who are practicing. I love you as God loves, but this is the word of God. If you are a practicing homosexual, it doesn't what matter what your denomination says, you will end up in hell. <coughs> or sodomites, nor thieves, no covetous. That's why I hate the prosperity gospel because it actually makes you covetous. No drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. And you g there's a list of things mentioned of, and they're all called unrighteous. So you cannot be a believer and be practicing sin. Amen. Practicing sin. Okay, this is talking about practicing. You sin, you repent, you get off, no, and you walk with God. So you cannot be practicing sin. Let's give me that next one. Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 5 verses 20 and 21. God is not Idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Let's go to 19 onwards. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lividness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice, practice okay, mm. that's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not somebody who falls because of a weakness, gets up and cries, repents. But when this is your lifestyle, and you actually say you are saved, God says, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Because salvation is from sin hmm. from sin Amen. there's an immediate acute consciousness of sin that's why god says even if you fall 70 times you still are conscious and you go back to god hmm. you're conscious about it and you will fight to overcome this such things will not inherit the kingdom of god then ephesians 5 5 For this you know, no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Hmm. Yeah. Every church is writing, the Holy Spirit is writing the same thing. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 26 to 31. This is so fundamentally important and this is the weakness the devil deceived people. And that's how the church became very, very weak. Okay. 10, uh, 26 onwards to 31. For if we sin willfully, mm. after we have received the knowledge of truth, this no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. No? Mm. Meaning, you know it, you have the power to stop it, mm. but you will say, it does not matter, God will forgive me. Oh. You know it, you know I can stop it. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Mm. You have become now an adversary of God because you are practicing sin. Verse 28, anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. These are human witnesses. How much more worse punishment do you suppose? Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? First witness. Mm. Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing. Second witness. 
and insulted the spirit of grace, third witness. Moses law, you needed three human witnesses. Now we are living in a different realm. We have three divine witnesses. That's why the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks for us. Pray the blood of Jesus speaks for us and does not speak against us. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So the Bible is very, 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 very clear. Then I want you to look at Second Peter chapter 2, 20 to 22. Again, I'm giving you so many scriptures, okay? So many scriptures. Second Peter chapter 2, 20 to 22. I'll give you one more. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Mm. For it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns his own vomit and is so having washed to her own wallowing in Maya. So don't ever take this lightly. Cry out to the Lord. Even it's 70 times a 7, 400 times. Never take this lightly. Let me give you the final one for this subject today. Uh, can I have an IV? <coughs> First John chapter 3, verses 7. Seven to nine. First John chapter three, verses seven to nine. Okay, let's go from verse four. Sorry, let's go from verse four. Verse four. Verse four onwards. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Hmm. No one who lives in him, that's why we are called to live in Christ, keeps on sinning. Mm -hmm. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. These are tough words from the gentlest of apostles. Mm. Paul is tough, James is tough, Peter is tough, so is John when it comes to this. <laughs> Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is Righteous. That's why God says, seek righteousness, pursue righteousness. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Continue that life of sin. He will keep on overcoming. Mm. It's an overcoming life. You have overcome some of the sins. You are fighting new ones. And you know in Christ you will overcome. It's an overcoming life. Overcoming sin. Overcoming. The Holy Spirit shows more ones. You repent of that. You fight it. You overcome. No one who is born of sin, God, will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in him. And he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. That very thing yeah. is one of the testimonies inside you. One, the spirit inside you calls above Father. Second thing, you have the joy. It's, it's like the excitement of a kid who's studying. Mm. And every time he writes a, another exam, he sees his grades are getting better. Mm. Getting better. That itself proves to him, I am a student of this subject. Mm. The other fellow is a fool. 
He just goes there because his father sends him there. He's not interested. He's a dropout. But you are not a dropout in God's kingdom. You are fighting this battle and you are excited. When you fail, you go back and correct it. Go ask God's strength. You repent and ask for strength to overcome. So this itself is a proof that you belong to the kingdom. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of righteousness. Your constant battle with sin. Little by little or faster, whichever way. But you are overcoming. And he who overcomes all inherits everything. Okay? Amen. And that is the question connected with sin. And there are two more before we close today. Yes. And yeah. that's the reason why uh, it says uh, fr right from the beginning, these people do not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And therefore, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent will have to take it by. And I'm telling you, much of this God has got to do with the teaching within the church. Mm. Much. Because people have been fooled with a gospel of false grace. God understands. It does not matter. Let me give you that one also. Jude. <laughs> hmm? one, three, one, three, okay. Jude chapter 1, verse 3 hmm. and 4. And a terrible reminder in verse 5. <laughs> Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entered. This is a faith. Penalty of sin, power over sin, presence of sin. Mm. This is the entire gospel. You have been mm -hmm. freed from the penalty of sin. Now you have been given power to overcome sin and one day you will be free from the presence of sin. Contend for that doctrine. This is the doctrine of Christ. Don't allow anybody to fool you that you are saved, always saved. Now it doesn't matter how you live. God says that's a false gospel. Mm. They are perverting the grace of God. Because the grace of God has appeared to all men and it teaches you to say no. Mm. Okay, look at the next verse. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They may have mega churches, but they have slipped in. Mm. They are godless men who change what? The, the grace of, of our God into a license for... Why do people sin? Christians sin left, right and center. Why? Because they have been told God understands. This is the age of grace. That's exactly, they have perverted grace. The reason they sin without no compunction at all is because, what is the word that is used? Grace. Grace. And let's go to Romans 6 and verse 14, right? 14, yes, 10, yes. 10 or 14? 6, 14, 6, 14. 6, 14, Romans 6, 14. Which I also get some scriptures. <laughs> yes, Pastor. <laughs> For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but, but under grace. grace. People who are under the law did not have grace to overcome. But people who are under grace, grace is the very power of God given to overcome. So you have to appropriate and that's why God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and don't put the world front. <laughs> put the world at the back. And yeah. remember, this is your battle. And we shall close with two of the other questions which are important for today. I hate my I hate my sister and brother. I was treated horribly. I stole money from them. I lied to them. They died. I have repented. I'm, am I forgiven? Could not ask them for forgiveness. Am I forgiven? Yes, you are forgiven. Mm -hmm. But I would say that if you could make restitution, like the money which you stole from them, if they have children, you could give it to them. You don't have to tell them why. Just give it as a gift to them. I want to gift it to you. If they have children, uh, if you know roughly, you, you don't even have to know roughly, you'll know accurately if you go ask the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the exact amount you stole. 
The Holy Spirit gives a record of all this. Mm. Okay, you go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, can you tell me how much I stole from my brother and sister? He will tell you exactly this is how much you stole. And you just, if you have the money, wherewithal, so maybe lesser than that, write a check and give it to your nephew or niece and saying, just a thank, just a gift from. You don't have to give, you don't owe ex explanation to everybody. You don't have to confess your sins to everybody. When you confess your sin, be very careful. You confess only with a mature person. Mm. Otherwise, they will hold it against you. Be very, very careful about that. That's why the whole mess in the Catholic Church. A man who's steeped in sin, they went and confessed sins to him. Okay. Because he himself has not received and forgiven because he has not believed in Jesus. He believed in Mary. No? So, that is a no. You confess your sins to one another. Yes, but be very, very careful. The entire thing is put in the context of calling the elders of the church. Mm. So, elder doesn't mean mean older. There are many older who are children. Elder is a spiritually mature person who can handle your sin and tell you what it is and forgive you and never remember it again. And never judge you by the sin you have repented of, though you are aware of what. I will never judge you by that. It's between you, him or uh, elderly lady and God. I will never judge you knowing that. If God has forgotten, I have forgotten. That's an elder. Okay, that's an elder. So I would say, person is you have repented to God for what God has forgiven you God has forgiven you but if you can make restitution I would say you will really feel the burden lift of your spirit and you will really feel the presence of God let it go make restitution to any one of their relatives uh, pastor did me wrong I too did him wrong he was nasty messed up my name but he died here again could not apologize to him will God forgive of course God will forgive you God will always stand in the place of all the people who we have sinned against, who have died. God, see, uh, I, as I close, because these are important, really, real life-mattering questions. Turn me, me to the book of uh, Song of Psalms and turn me to the Psalm 51. Verse 3 and 4. This is, uh, okay. For I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak. Who is speaking this? This is David. David. Okay, it's the last question for today. This is David speaking. If you look at the context over there, everybody has forgotten what David has done. Mm. Uriah is dead. The palace has no clue. Betsaba is settled well, yes. but David is unsettled because he's a man after God's own heart. Mm. Okay, <laughs> he do, he can't go to Uriah and ask for forgiveness. Uriah is dead. Mm. Uriah is dead and gone. There's nobody. Everything seems to be honky dory. But this man in his heart is burning because he's a man after God's own heart, and God is convicting him. So that's why he comes and says, "Sin is sin because God said so." Actually, I don't sin against anybody first. I sin against God first. So even if the people to whom you have sinned has passed and gone away, God is still there. So you go to God like him and say, Lord, against you and you only I have sinned and have done this evil in your sight. And God immediately told through his prophet, Nathan, I have taken your sin away. Sin away. Did, Uriah, uh, he, did he ask forgiveness from Uriah? No, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. Mm -hmm. He's dead and gone. But did God forgive David? Yes. For murder. You're talking about smaller things for murder, murdering a man. Okay, and God forgave you. 
Okay, that's how you have to look. If you have gone to God with a repentant heart and say, Lord, forgive me, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're set free. Because God is the ultimately the person who forgives. So this evening, I believe mm. we have answered a very, s uh, probably of all this uh, Q&A, I think today some of the questions were one of the most, what you call, Brutally honest. Brutally honest <laughs> and really life mattering, eternal life mattering questions. I don't think in all the questions we have heard in so this is how much Q and A? Thirty? Twenty fifth. Twenty four. Oh we already done twenty four Saturdays. Okay, in twenty four Saturdays I think today's questions about salvation and sin are some for believers some of the most important questions asked in twenty four weeks. Because this is absolutely Unbelievers are aware of sin when the Holy Spirit convicts them, but saints can get, s believers can get deadened their conscience, mind, the actual effect of sin. And God says, do not be deceived, do not be deceived. So we just thank God. If you sinned against somebody, God is there to forgive you, and you go to God. If you can make restitution, God will make restitution. All these questions in so many ways I believe God has answered today and we will pray father we just come to you Lord we just thank you we have a loving kind merciful forgiving God we thank you we thank you we thank you Lord we thank you pray Lord you touch all these dear ones I bring these two brethren who sinned against somebody the person is dead you they have asked you you have forgiven them and today father I pray I take authority as a servant of God. Any bondage, anything that holding them back in the spiritual realm because of that unforgiveness they held, I release them from that. Let them be free to receive and to serve God all the days you will add to their lives. Be free in Jesus' name. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray, Lord, people will take these issues seriously. They, we, nobody has to struggle this battle on our own strength. For this reason, the Holy Spirit is given. I pray we will ask and receive more and more of your Spirit every day. And we will learn each day to overcome. And we will rejoice in that victory. And when we fall, we will run to the throne. One thing we will not delay, I pray, is with repentance. <coughs> Everything else can be delayed, but we will have this serious urgency of repenting of sins so that we can walk and move in the continuous flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank Amen. you. I speak healing into all bodies, stricken by whatever sickness, Command that spirit of infirmity to leave in Jesus' name. Who are oppressed in the body or in the mind. I take authority in the name of Jesus. I bind that strong man operating over their lives. And I command you to take yourself and the demons along with you. Amen. I speak healing. And I speak wholeness into the lives of God's people. And I pray, Father, if you tarry to come tonight, Lord Jesus. You give us another day in the land of the living. You will help us all to gather around whatever device we use in our homes, 
family by family, household by household, in so many other places, crowds are gathering in single houses, 100, 500, all gathering in single homes to listen to the word. But we will gather, Lord, together in your spirit, and we will worship you. We will stand in the gap and intercede, and we will listen to your voice, Lord. For that, Father, prepare us through that night. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. And by Indian time, see you tomorrow morning. Treasure